Nation of Believe in the Bronx and uh, Mike Stanton in our Houston studios. Pete Caldera here in New York City. Uh, on this edition, uh, Mike will be talking about uh, Aaron Judge and some of the Yankees' uh, injury situations, the good and the bad, and uh, preview a bit of the uh, upcoming Rays series. That's a big one. And yep. uh, we'll also uh, do a little uh, one-up uh, discussion about uh, something that happened in the 1998 uh, season, too, because I'd, I'd like to always like to get your take on 25 years uh, later. Um, sure. Mike, I'll tell you, uh, the Yankees are starting to uh, experience something that they, you know, probably their, their biggest dread on a team that has a, a ton of injuries, which is experiencing life without Aaron Judge right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're having trouble scoring runs uh, you know, even uh, towards the last end of that last uh, road trip uh, with him. And uh, mm -hmm. now he's going to be out uh, for a week and uh, miss that race series, too. Yeah, this is deja vu all over again. It seems like the uh, the Yankees go through this every single year. Everybody has to go through injuries. But I'll tell you, it seems like you go back to 19. I mean, it just seems like every year that some of their key cogs uh, end up on the IL. You know, it's great that Harrison Bader got back in the lineup, but, uh, you know, and that's going to help marginally, but it's not one of the big dudes in the middle of the lineup. And, you know, I, I, I heard something yesterday that kind of shocked me that the money that the Yankees have on the IL is a higher payroll than 10 of the big league clubs, which is absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, right. And this was, and this is a team that's also uh, playing without Giancarlo Stanton, who won't be back in their lineup until until June. You're losing a lot of firepower there. Now they they got Harrison Bader back, uh, which is obviously helpful. Um, but you know you've had to you've had to kind of rearrange this lineup. I mean, you've got yeah. the you've got the Woolly Calhouns playing uh, uh, now, and uh, you've you've got guys like uh, Oswaldo Cabrera who are you know taking on have to take on bigger roles in this, uh, in this, uh, you know, 2023 season early and, you know, have not really responded the way they uh, have last year. Um, you know, right now, this is not the way you want to go into a, a huge series against Tampa Bay with a, with a compromised lineup against that pitching staff. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, Tampa is playing just extremely good baseball, still hands uh, hands above any other team in Major League Baseball. Still, I think they still only have six losses on the season, and they're playing good. I actually got to see Tampa Bay just, uh, just a few days ago last week, and uh, this is a very good team. Now, it's kind of classic Tampa Bay Rays. You know, they don't have – you know, big, you know, names that you're going to talk sitting around the kitchen table, yeah. but they are playing extremely good baseball, especially there in St. Petersburg. So, yeah, this this team is legit. There's no doubt. Now, they're not going to stay this hot. They're not going to play 800 baseball all the way through the season. But I'll tell you what, with just the way they can uh, – what really surprised me, you know they're going to pitch. What really surprised me – was how well they're swinging the bat, how how yeah. the quality of at-bats, uh, just it seems like every at-bat is a grinded-out at-bat. They do not chase. You have to get ahead of them in the count. If you don't, then they're going to hit it, and they're going to hit it hard. I mean, they what was it? Uh, the Astros stopped their streak of 22 straight games of home runs. Yes, that's the Tampa Bay Rays. We're not talking about the Bronx Bombers. We're talking yeah. about the Tampa Bay Rays. So, you know, the, th the thing is, in a situation like this, when you're missing your big dogs in the middle of the lineup, you know, 
what what has to take over? Well, you say, okay, well, the pitching is going to have to have to take over. Well, the problem is the pitching staff's been decimated also. So this isn't a situation that they are really uh, at full force in any aspect of the team. Exactly right. You know, and the, and the Yankees will also come into that that series really kind of wondering who their closer is at, at, at this yeah. point. Now, right now, all indications point to Michael King. Uh, you know, Clay Holmes, uh, you know, has has continued at, to, to struggle at times with with that sinker. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he's not even throwing it as, as often as he had uh, last year. You know, just looking at some of the numbers, Mike, from, uh, you know, from when he was a, an all-star, uh, all-world uh, closer for the first part of uh, last year to from the second half, uh, until now, in um, 33 games, he's he's got a four and a half ERA. Um, you know, he's he's averaging a a, a walk every other outing, uh, yeah. every other inning. It's uh, you know hitting batters. He's uh, you know he, he, this now, now. I don't think his problems are as as deep uh, as they were last year. And last year, he was also dealing with um, a bit of a back injury that was uh, probably compromising him. Um, but right now, I, I think that, uh, you know, if you're going to have that circle of trust, uh, it, it, it's pointing right now towards Michael King. But the other the other part of that is, you know, as, as good as King is, I mean, he's a multi-inning weapon. You don't want right. to sort of lock him into that ninth. So uh, they may have to have find more avenues where he could possibly get a four or five out save. Yeah, what's going on with Holmes is, you know, first off, you want to make sure he's completely healthy. You know, because if there's if there's a nagging issue that's going going on that's causing him command, okay, you have to figure that out, and hopefully it's not another IL stint to do that. But you got to do what you got to do because he's really not that effective. You can't have a closer that just doesn't throw strikes. It just it just doesn't work that way. You know, you cannot give free passes in Major League Baseball. There's not very many. I mean, uh, you 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 remember how um, how the manager and how the team used to stress out when Mitch Williams was on the mound because you didn't know if he's going to put it on the corner, if it's going to go to the backstop. Uh, So with that, you know, pitchers have to make adjustments all the time, meaning, you know, if the sinker's not there, if he can't find the release point on the sinker, okay, let's throw some forcing fastballs. It's a Band-Aid. You want to fix whatever the issue is, and it might just be a confidence issue. It might be a a slight little glitch in his delivery. It could be anything, but – it's kind of hard to fix on the fly in the season, especially when you're in the ninth inning. And you know, you if you're going to be a good team, and I think the Yankees are are a good team, especially once they get healthy. You got to win, you know, ninety percent of the games that you go into the ninth inning winning, because there is nothing more devastating than winning a game for eight innings and losing it in the ninth, even for a veteran club. It can just kill morale like crazy. So, you know, they're going to have to figure that out a little bit. He's still throwing the ball well as far as, you know, the ball coming out of his hand, but he's got to find that release point so he can get that command. Yeah. And, you know, in, in some ways, uh, you know, it's a bit of a bullpen by committee uh, uh-huh. when you're talking about, uh, you know, mixing and matching. And Aaron Boone talks about the lanes that, that he wants to, you know, put these guys in to have their best success and uh, matchups, obviously. Um, but, you know, you went into this season where, you know, Holmes was going to get some eight innings, maybe even, you know, a piece of the seventh inning if, if that's yeah. where it lined up. And you had guys that you, know, you trusted and, and probably still trust, uh, you know, to get those last three outs in, in uh, guys like Peralta. Um, 
you know, Marinaccio, even though he's, you know, coming off this is sophomore season, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's got the stuff and that and that elite changeup. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of kind of reining in the, the walks, uh, right? Because he does get a lot of ground balls, he does get a lot of swing and miss, uh, and it's that uh, and you know. And you can speak to this better than anyone, how that ninth inning is different than uh, the seventh or eighth. Well, I, it really depends on the pitcher. You know, I, I did some closing. Um, there was a couple times I was the closer. Most of the time I was more of a setup man. My approach was to try and it's the job doesn't change. But, you know, there's been guys in – all the way through baseball since we've started having closers back in the, I guess, the 70s and 80s that, you know, can be dominant in the eighth inning, but they can't do it in the ninth. You know, what is the problem? Well, the problem is the mental approach. And so, you know, that was always my approach was just, you know, most of the time I was coming in with guys on base anyway. So, you know, it it really, the the game was on the line. And so that was my approach. Um, And it, it seemed to work pretty well for me, but everybody has to find their own you know, their own avenues, you know, because, you know, my mental approach can't be like anyone else's because, well, it's my brain. (laughs) They have to figure it out on their own. The problem when you have a team like the Yankees that come into the season with the greatest of expectations every single year is that you don't have time to figure it out. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why the Yankees have always leaned towards veteran relievers because you had a better idea what you you were going to get when you start having in, in, injuries like they've had and and lack of performance like they've had so far this season, now all of a sudden the game plan has to change. You know, Booney can't just um, you know write it in ink. Who's pitching the seventh? Who's pitching the eighth? Who's pitching the ninth? It makes it a lot more stressful on him. Uh, and when you only have one arm that's really performing well, and that's King, you go, okay, how can I use him? When is the best time to use him? You know, I like him out there for multiple innings, but maybe I need him just to go one inning. You know, so somebody else in the bullpen is going to have to step up because you also have to remember they've got issues in the rotation. The rotation's not giving you the innings that you need to cover for an ailing bullpen. Right. And they, man, um, that sounds bad, doesn't it? They, that well, sounds negative. You know, actually, the. <laughs> You know, but you know, guys like Peralta and, and Marinaccio, they, I mean, they, they, they have, uh, you know, they have, you know, held up their end yeah. when uh, you, you consider that, you know, they're, they're still down three uh, experienced arms in that bullpen mm-hmm. and two of them, they're, they're not going to get back. Uh, one, they may not get back at all uh, this year in, in Jonathan Loisga, who has bone spurs, had those removed, uh, you know, they're hopeful to get him back by September. No certainty there. Lou Trevino yeah. is now uh, about to undergo uh, season-ending Tommy John surgery, so uh, obviously they won't have yeah. him. And um, they're hoping to get Tommy Canely back uh, around the 1st of June. Uh, he was dealing with the biceps uh, tendonitis that uh, he was dealing with uh, you know, way back in spring training. So uh, mm-hmm. they could add him. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, – and the other part of that, Mike, and you kind of touched on that too, is that, you know, the, the – uh, the holes in the rotation to force guys like, uh, you know, Herman and Brito and, and Clark Schmidt, who might otherwise be contributing in that bullpen, uh, having having them to uh, uh, to be in that rotation. And now uh, we're hearing uh, the latest on Carlos Verdon that uh, it's not the elbow, but the, the back situation that is uh, further delaying him. And, yeah. uh, you know, big question mark as to, you know, when he'll get back on a mound again and when he can uh, – you know, ramp up to that, uh, you know, yeah. 
you know, to, I mean, he's not even close to getting in right. the rehab assignment. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's still got a throwing program to go to, and you got to get healthy in order to start the throwing program. So, you know, there's definitely some time and some boxes he has to check before he can even get back on the mound, much less get back in a big league game. And this was one of my concerns about Rodon because I listen, this is one of the filthiest pitchers, and filthy being a positive, the filthiest pitchers in Major League Baseball when he's right. I mean, the, the fastball, yep. the way it moves, the, the devastating breaking ball, but that's been one of the knocks is he hasn't really been able to stay on the field. What they really need to do right here, and this is kind of what they're doing, they got to just piecemeal this all together. They have to just, you know, tread water, which is kind of what they're doing until they can get healthy. You know, you can't worry about what the Rays are doing. You can't, to tell you the truth, they have enough worries in their own clubhouse. That's where they need to do their concert, not what the rest of the league is going to do. You know, let's just make sure that we can keep our head above water until we can get healthy. You know, you get, you know, judge isn't that far away. You know, that's going to be a big help. Hopefully they can get Giancarlo back in the lineup. Now all of a sudden that can take pressure off the pitching staff by just giving you more runs to work with, but you got to tread water right now. You got to just make sure you don't bury yourself in a big, deep hole. And then you have to spend all summer trying to get out of that hole. Right. And uh, yeah, you mentioned we're done with the, with the back issue. I don't know if you ever had a uh, dealt with a back issue that you're talking about a big guy. Pete, I've had this, everything. Yes. Right. <laughs> this, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, for the, you know, the average man is like, well, you know, you can deal with, you know, a back issue when you get out there. This is part of the reason that uh, the judge is on the aisle. I mean, I, I think yeah. at some level they, you know, you're, you're protecting assets and you, you, you've got to protect players from themselves at, at some point too. Judge wanted to be, wanted to be in this, uh, in this lineup this week right. uh, against Cleveland and especially at, at Tampa Bay. Um, but they didn't want to force it with the hip, you know, playing some games. Well, you know, the they're turf. all, they're always ultra conservative. Yeah. You know, a lot of big league clubs are, but the Yankees, as soon as you say you're ready, you're going to get extra days because you know, they, they don't want you to go back on the aisle. It's actually, it's actually a smart approach because to tell you the truth, how big of a series is this in, you know, early, early May, you know, yeah, they're the first place team, you know, you're trying to catch them. It's a big series, but you know, is this a series more important than the next month? Because if he comes back too soon, you know, that hip hacks up again. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he's spending more time on the IL. And and organizations have to do this all the time. They have to protect the players from themselves. The players, a lot of times, judges so competitive, uh, just like most big leaguers are, that, you know, he wants to go out there at 80%. And he thinks he can be productive. And he can but there's just always that risk of it, you know, happening again. So you want to make sure that he's a hundred percent that this doesn't flare up again. And you're not fighting this all the way through the summer. Right. And it reminds me of something Luis Severino said in spring. Did we freeze out there? We did for a second. You were saying okay. about Severino? Oh, okay. Maybe they can edit this. Yeah. Um, 
So Luis Severino will uh, begin a rehab assignment in uh, Tampa this week, and uh, he could be uh, two more rehab starts away from rejoining the, the rotation. By That's a, a big plus. Day. Another yeah. guy that you know, if he's healthy, this dude can shove just like anybody can. I mean, I, I remember for the first arm injury, you were there were it, it was a moral victory to foul a ball off. He was throwing hard. Yeah. He was had the dirty slot. It was just filthy. What? So he's got huge upside. And, but, you know, when you come back, is he a guy that you can just take the reins off and, you know, let him go? Or are you going to have to protect him a little bit? And the Yankee way is usually to protect, especially at the beginning. So it's it's good news that he's doing it. Hopefully it is right around the corner, but we'll just have to see how he reacts. You know, the, the rehab start isn't the key. The key yeah. is how he feels the day after the rehab start, you know, if anything else flares up. Yep, and uh, building him back and uh, getting him into the into this rotation would be a, a huge boost uh, to a team that could use it right now. Uh, before we uh, sign off in this edition, yeah. uh, just to show you, uh, Jack Curry's uh, great book about the 1998 is. Is, <laughs> is out uh, this week. I know you you spoke to Jack for, for this book. Oh, uh, I did. The 25th anniversary of one of the greatest uh, teams in baseball history. Uh there's some great anecdotes in, in Jack's book about that, uh, you know, inside that season. And mm-hmm. w- one of the most amusing and and kind of, uh, you know, speaks to the competitive nature uh, of this team, Mike, was the uh, the epic uh, battles in the clubhouse that Derek Jeter and Scott Brocious would have playing a game called Connect Four. Were you ever witness <laughs> to their Connect Four battle? <laughs> I was, I was. And uh, yes, it's, this is not the, the connect four that everybody played. It's got the little checkers, you drop it in, um, you know, and, and, and both, both are such great dudes, but okay. extremely competitive. I just said it earlier that everybody, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, one of the reasons you make it to major league baseball is your talent, but the other is just your competitiveness. You don't want yeah. to be beaten in any way, shape, or form. Heck, there were times that I heard stories, uh, certain players, they didn't let their kids win because <laughs> they just simply did. But, uh, yeah, they would, They it, you know, it was all good-natured. It was all fun. And, you know, you, know, you, you get little games like that, flip, whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, it, it can get competitive. And there, there's actually times that, you know, you not between these two because both of those dudes are so incredibly nice. Um, and extremely close friends, but there's sometimes you got to step in that it can get a little bit hit. You're playing a stupid game. It doesn't matter if it's a stupid game. I'm not losing. So yeah, that was uh, yeah. There's all kinds of, of fun little things that happened that year. But we were such a tight knit group. You know, yeah, we had you know so many different personalities, all type A personalities, and we had our issues just like everybody else did. But we also got along just tremendously well. And I think it showed up on the field. You know, even if you did have any issues in the clubhouse, once the bell rang and you went in between the white lines, everybody knew what their job was. And it didn't matter whether you had an argument with somebody uh, or you've been hanging out with them every day. You got a job to do. And that's really what it did. I mean, that was an incredible season. It just seemed like every time we lost, we would go on a seven or eight game winning streak. And hence, you know, 114 wins. You're, you're, You're doing that quite a few times. Right. Have you cleared your calendar for old timers there? I think they're gonna they're honor the, honoring the uh, the '98 team uh, in in September. So uh, got it right here. 
got there it right. I, ha- I haven't I haven't responded okay. yet. I just got it a couple days ago, but I haven't responded yet. But yeah, this will be. Um, I'm planning on going on, uh, okay. unless uh, something happens to the schedule. And this will be my first time back. I have not been. Really? I have not been back. Uh, you know, since my retirement. So so gosh, I haven't been back. So that would be. Oh five. Was the last time I was wow. actually playing for the Yankees? So yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. That's right. Well, well, well if I run at the Debbie time in the hallway, I'll I'll, I'll tell you you're coming and make. <laughs> I, I, I've got the package right here. I just need to fill it out <laughs> and send that sucker in. All right, sounds good, Mike. All right, so um, we'll be back next week to uh, recap the race series and look ahead. Uh, and uh, but we're glad you joined us on this edition of Believe in the Bronx for Mike Stanton, Pete Caldera. We will see you next time.